God desires your deepest happiness. And so don't be afraid to do what he asks or to open yourself up to say even, what do you want? Welcome everyone back to Valdoku. I'm Vicky. I'm Father Steve. And we're here with a special guest. Who's Sis- here? I'm Sister Katie. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of. Sister Katie from Miami. Yeah. Now we're up here in New Jersey. Um, she flew all the way here for the podcast. Just Thank you just to be on the podcast. podcast. <laughs> you guys Thank are you, Patreon class <laughs> operation. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, just God. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually tried to, or we did. We did. We did we record did. A, a podcast episode maybe a month ago whenever. with mm-hmm. Sister Katie down in Miami. It was wonderful, but the audio was trash, was terrible. Yeah. So God gave us another opportunity. <laughs> so thanks, Sister Katie, for coming back up. Or, well, you did come up here for other reasons. But it is nice that you're here and that we can speak in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Why are you here? Um, I'm here to record a podcast. <laughs> That's why I came. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but also this weekend we have um, our provincial assembly and gratitude day so all of our sisters from the whole province gather together for prayer and fellowship and some meetings and technical things too but just to enjoy each other and then you're here for three days and then where do you go and then I'm flying to Italy for the summer. Oh. <laughs> Italian summer. <laughs> I'm a little scared. Yeah. But your your Italian Carlo, is fluent. Italiano. <laughs> molto bene. Io mangio pizza. It's gonna be bad, but um, we'll just pray a yeah. lot. <laughs> but you're going there for what reason? I'm going because we have a period of preparation that's called the Second Novitiate, and it's a time to um, reflect on our constitutions and pray and get in touch with the origins of our institute before you make perpetual vows. So I'll be in Italy for a month, and then I come back, and I have a few days, and then, God willing, (laughs) um, I'll make my perpetual vows on August 5th. Forever. Forever. Last time we talked, I think you talked about um, that you were writing. You have to write and Mm -hmm. it has to get approved. Mm -hmm. Are you approved? Can I ask that question? I am approved. I got a text. Um, So we have to write a petition that says that we request to to make our perpetual vows. And then the institute, like it goes through our provincial and then it actually goes to Mother General. Um, And so, yeah, I got a text one day. I was... Out in the parking lot at LaSalle, and I got a text that was like, You're hey, your petition's been approved. And I was like, yes. Okay. Let's Just go. normal things. Like, yeah. Normal. Super casual. That's it. Wow. Let's go. Let's go. It's good. Oh, wow. Well, we are happy. Mm-hmm. We're praying for you. And we're Thank happy you. that we get to see you before you go to Rome. Yeah. And then we'll be there August 5th. That's right. Can't wait. Yay. Okay. It's so good. <laughs> so good. But we start with our two questions. Mm-hmm. My first question is... Do you prefer tap water or seltzer water? Like carbonated water, would you prefer? If you had the choice, you didn't have to buy it, and somebody had two in front of you, two glasses, one of seltzer water and one of <laughs> regular water, which one would you choose? Just it says a lot about your personality. <laughs> like, how much do you have to explain that? Um, <laughs> I would choose tap water. Really? I don't mind the seltzer water, I would, but, but you choose given the choice, I would take the... Tap water. 
So in Italy, with a lot of ice. All your, all your oh, so Italy's I not for you. <laughs> See? You can bring all your water with you. Okay, my question is, beach or mountain? Oh, beach. Yeah, finally. That's why I knew when you were this answer. A Florida so. girl. That's right. Yeah. Been surrounded by mountain men. I'm over oh, it. No, no. Oh, no. My second question is, since you're flying, and this has become one of my favorite questions. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, it says, it says a lot. Would you prefer an aisle seat or a window seat? Um, I'm a window seat. Me too. Even on long trips? No matter what? Well... I'm about to find out, but, um, <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm a little bit, I just want to sleep. Mm. I don't want to talk to the people around me. <laughs> Is that a religious thing? <laughs> so having the window lets me just lean my head against the thing, close my eyes, and then please don't talk to me while I'm flying. I just want to be I'm sorry. Away. That's how I feel, but that's, it's how I feel. Don't be sorry. Thanks for being honest. It's real. I'm not a chatty person on a plane. Chatty Kathy on the plane. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm going to do it coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Iced or hot coffee? Oh, well, that's a really um, intricate question. I'm so glad. That involves some layers. Oh, okay. It Electric. all depends on where and We went to Dunkin'. Who? Okay, at Dunkin', it's iced coffee every time. Okay. Starbucks. I, Starbucks, I don't like their iced coffee, so I would get something hot. Okay. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. That's just what I'm doing. Winter, summer, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> at home, it's hot. I don't like making iced coffee at yeah, home. Yeah, I agree. It's because you don't have the stuff. It's yeah. not being brewed the same way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank Great. you. Great conversation. <laughs> Great conversation. That was the podcast. Really <laughs> you started Welcome, everybody, to the Valdoco Conference. <laughs> These are the you deep, deep exactly things to consider. Doing. Yes. But no, Sister Katie, thank you again. And uh, now we move on. Now we want to know a little bit more. <laughs> Even though, how can you go deeper than what we just talked about? I know. This is the deep but, stuff. Yeah. But who is Sister Katie? If you can give us a little, oh little rundown of how you ended up here, now about to make your perpetual profession, a little vocation story, how you became Sister Katie. Okay. Um, so I grew up in the Catholic Church, loved my faith, was really active in youth group and stuff like that. But if you had told me in high school or even early on in college that I was going to be a sister, I would have laughed in your face. Um, <laughs> it just was not anywhere in my life plans. But um, towards the end of college, I had I was on a retreat. And I had been given some scripture to reflect on, and I don't remember what the scripture was, but I remember like very clearly having this thought of like just this little voice in my head that was like, maybe you should be a nun. And I was like, what the heck? (laughs) Where did that even come from? And so I told myself, like I had to go back to meet with the sister who had given me that scripture to reflect on, and I had to share with her my reflection and I was like, I'm not telling her that part. <laughs> but sure enough, I did tell her. And um, she really encouraged me to pray and to discern. And so I did for about three days and decided that's not for me. That's I'm not meant to be a sister. So I um, graduated from college, got a job teaching in the public school system. And um, every time, basically every time I went to pray, that thought, would come back. Maybe you should be a sister. Maybe like God inviting me to more. And so um, 
I kept saying no. I said no pretty forcibly, forcibly a couple times. And um, the nudge was still just there. God like gently inviting me. So um, I stopped praying because <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> I said, yeah, if you're going to bring this up every time we talk, then I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> so, um, but that, of course, I was miserable, not praying. Right. And so um, eventually I had a good friend. He was in the seminary at the time and he said, just go visit some sisters. It's not a big deal. And then you can have a better idea of what you're saying no to. So I said, okay. And I Googled um, the Salesian sisters. I'd had two friends that had been taught by the sisters. That's another story. But um, so I looked up, I remembered that. And I looked up the Salesian sisters and I saw our sisters in the provincial house. Like one of the first things that came up in the search was our sisters in the provincial house dancing the Macarena <laughs> at a barbecue. And I was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> That's not so scary. Um, so I got in touch with the vocations director, came up to visit. The entire, I was living in Florida, flew up to visit the sisters in New Jersey, the entire plane ride. I was just praying fervently, like, you know, praying harder than I had probably prayed at any point in my life at that point. God, let me get there and hate it, please. I just want to hate it because I knew that if I hated it, then that's not what God was calling me to. Um, but of course, I didn't hate it. I felt as soon as I met the sisters, I just felt very comfortable and like I could be myself. Um that first night that I stayed with the sisters, I stopped in the chapel to pray before going to bed. And it was the first time that I had gone to pray and like sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And I didn't feel torn up inside. Mm. I felt peaceful. And like in that moment, I had this audible thought of like, like I realized that I was feeling peaceful. <laughs> Dang it. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> because I knew what that meant. You know, I wanted to be miserable because that would mean it's not for me. So if I was feeling peaceful, um, that meant that's where God was calling me. And so I was afraid. Um, it took me from that after that visit. It was another two years before I entered. Wow. Um, but I entered and that was 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. This August. And so, um, yeah, it was a great decision, and here I am. What did your friends and family, when you made that decision to, okay, I'm going to enter, I'm going to give this a shot, what did they, what were some of the reactions? <laughs> um, well, I had, a, I had a good number of friends that were, like, nudging me along every step mm. of the way. So when I finally said, okay, I'm going to do it, they were like, thank God. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> you don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of this. Everybody knows it's what you should do, you know? Um, my parents, my mom said when I first told them, my mom said, well, it's about time you said something. They could tell I had been thinking about it. Yeah. Um, my mom was really nervous. She had been taught by some sisters who were not happy women. And so um, she didn't, she had some good experiences, but some not so good. So she was nervous for me, but um, supportive. My siblings were like, duh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they That's weren't funny. really that surprised. My brother called me Mother Teresa and stuff <laughs> growing up. So 
they weren't that surprised. Um, I think too, it was clear because of like, especially those two years for my first visit. Yeah. It was clear that I was wrestling with something. So I think they all kind of expected it. How was that afterwards? So after you entered, what was that like? What was it like to to join? And yeah, what was that like for you? Um, you know, by the time I entered, I had been, I had already been a teacher in the public schools for a couple of years. And so um, I was living on my own, had my own car, did my own thing, just living a good, independent woman life, <laughs> you know? Um, so it was an adjustment to come into the convent and suddenly not be on my own schedule, not decide what I want to do, where I want to go. Um, and two, I think, you know, before I entered, I was pretty sure that I was really holy because who decides to enter the convent? Only really holy people. <laughs> I mean, well, that's okay. I also, okay. <laughs> I also was that's afraid. So I also, because part of my fear to not enter was that deep down I knew I wasn't holy. So I was afraid to enter. Mm -hmm. But like, there was a part of me that was like, I've got, I've got this to some degree. Mm -hmm. And then I entered and it was like, <laughs> all Girl. my faults and my, you know, little idiosyncrasies and weaknesses were just like blaring in front of me. Um, and so that was humbling and made for some hard days, but um, also really beautiful growth. And the other women that joined with me, um, we had a good time, a really good time together. So yeah. And the sisters were just really encouraging. They still are. Yeah. It was beautiful. And what was it exactly that attracted you to the Salesians? Like what was part of the charism or what was the spirituality? Why was that attracted to you? So I think um, this is the story. So I had two friends that I went to the University of Florida, go Gators. And... Um, I had two friends at the University of Florida that had been taught by our sisters in Tampa. And one night, I don't even know what we were doing, but I was on some rant about education in America and how, because I was becoming a teacher, I was going to change the world by teaching and taking care of kids. And um, one of the friends said to me, you sound so Salesian. I said, what's that? <laughs> and so they told me about the sisters. And, and the thing that struck me at that moment was up until then, every time I heard people talk about sisters, they had like a horror story. Yeah. And these two did not. They just had beautiful things to say about their time with the sisters. They love them dearly. And so I said, well, that sounds like a great place to work. So I kept Salesians in the back of my mind as like a good environment to go and teach. So when I started to think about religious life, that came back to me. And as I learned a little more about who Don Bosco was, um, what the Salesian charism of taking care of young people, I was like, yeah, that's definitely what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I remember um, my first year as an aspirant, um, Father John Serio gave us a, a workshop on the preventive system. And as he like explained Don Bosco's method of educating young people, I just, it was like someone had put words 
to what I had been living. And I just never had a language or a system behind it. It just Mm -hmm. was like my philosophy and what I did with kids. And then when I learned there was a whole system and a saint and a a family behind (laughs) it, I was like, this is it. So, um, yeah, that affirmed my choice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're 10 years later and you're working in a school in Mm -hmm. Miami. Mm -hmm. And what has that experience been like for you of putting into practice every day, working with the young people, (laughs) the ups and downs, the Mm -hmm. frustrations, the, all that stuff. What has been your experience? Um, I love teaching. I just, if I love teaching, I love being in the classroom. I love kids. I love the opportunity to, especially because I teach theology, um, which I'm so grateful for. It allows the opportunity to, you know, really delve into some deeper topics with the kids and try and reach at the core of things and at their hearts. And so I love watching them wrestle with, I teach morality. Mm. So um, sometimes it's a battle zone with the the juniors. Um, but I love being a witness to that, the wrestling and the reaching for deeper questions um, and recognizing that, you know, having an encounter with the love and the mercy and the compassion of Christ um, and realizing that the church is big enough to handle their big questions and their struggles and their doubts. Um, I just love it. I'm not always patient with them. Yeah. I get pretty. <laughs> you? No. <laughs> They'll tell the story some of my students could tell, especially from this year. Um, there's a few of them. They know who they are. So, um, but they do know. I mean, even in the moments when I'm impatient with them and I like lock up their attitude with a little attitude of my own. (laughs) Um, They know that I love them. And that's the, you know, once they know that, right, like Mm -hmm. they'll do anything for you. And they do. They they fight a little bit and sometimes they want their phone and (laughs) I don't let them keep their phone, you know. (laughs) So I'm not their friend in those moments. But um, I feel like that's the like living piece of like what we say of like you have to like it's better to stay in the church and question and like really do the hard like figuring out of what it means to be like faithful and live the faith in like today's world and with all of the really difficulty of morality but like that's it right is that when you find people that you know really love you and care about you then you can ask the questions and you can fight Mm -hmm. right you can disagree you can have a little attitude because you know that it's happening in a space of like love it's not just like some random person that you're like oh i don't agree with you and then you're saying mean things right um and so i love that that's part of the classroom that is the preventive system Mm -hmm. just allowing there to be this real space where real conversations can happen and the personality comes out and they know like it's a good experience with you someone that loves them and they love you back that mutual love i think too is so important especially for those tougher conversations so Mm -hmm. it's beautiful that it actually happens yeah, it does. And I don't always, you know, sometimes we'll have, we'll talk about a really tough issue and then uh, they write a little reflection paper and I read the reflection paper and I'm like, let it say, Sister Katie, you totally changed my mind. <laughs> and that's not what it says. <laughs> um, but you see, 
you know, usually in their reflections, there's a sense of openness, right? Mm-hmm. That they've learned a little more deeply why the church teaches what it teaches. Yeah. Um, but even just to teach young people today, our society is so polarized. So mm-hmm. even to teach them to to disagree well yeah. Yeah. Um, is an important skill too. So so true. Yeah. But then, what keeps you what keeps you rooted? Like, how do you? Because I think the solution charism is difficult to live because it's <clears throat> it's very much like shoulder to shoulder with young people. Know that you're really mm-hmm. in the midst of a lot of. A lot of stuff that can frustrate you that can you're we're very active as Salesian family so you know our our prayer life we do have okay morning prayer meditation mass every day evening prayer rosary so we have all those things in our in our daily life but our life is very active mm-hmm. you're always moving from place to place you're always activities everything like that so for you personally what keeps you centered what keeps you grounded um, I think, you know, like you said, the the first thing for me is prayer, um, our prayer life and what a gift it is in our prayer life that, you know, this is written into my day yeah. <laughs> that I have to pray at these moments. Um, and I remember, you know, before I entered, I remember the work that I would have to put in to make it to daily mass, you know, during the week as a, a young professional. And now that that's just given to me, you know, um, but that prayer is really important and, um, it is what keeps me grounded. I think too, our sisters have a tradition of just this like constant dialogue with God throughout the day. So we talk about in our constitutions, it talks about being a contemplative in action. So, um, having just trying to keep that running dialogue with God throughout the day and then recognizing maybe like halfway through the day crap <laughs> i haven't been talking to him at all sorry <laughs> jesus <laughs> let's go back um but it it works um you know even finding just these little phrases from like the traditions of our sisters and stuff that just when i'm walking between classes or i'm you know like offering these little prayers that even if it's just out of habit and routine it does something to me, to shift my mind and my heart um, back to Jesus. So that's something. Um, I'm also, I'm an introvert. And so quiet time is really important to me. So, and it's important in keeping me (laughs) nice and loving. (laughs) So, um, you know, just staying faithful to things like that, that like I need time at the end of each day to just be alone and not talk to anyone. Um, And so doing some things like that and also spending time with, with sisters and community, you know, having time together to not be working, um, I think is important too, in keeping us grounded and, and happy and fulfilled. You should have been on the Lenten podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You just did the spirituality. (laughs) There's the exam the little alone time at the end of the day and then talking with God and whatever. Yeah, and then the, uh, yeah, just attention to community and stuff like that. But it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so normal. So normal. So normal. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I so don't know. one of the themes of this season is more focused on why do people stay? So why did you stay 
as a Salesian sister. And this is maybe prime time for you as you <laughs> as you approach <laughs> your, 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 uh, your forever moment. Yeah, so like that <laughs> moment of saying. my petition, yeah. yeah. Um, but what made you stay? I think kind of the first thing that comes to mind is I stayed um, because I love the young. I think the mission with the young is very attractive to me and it's very natural, um, comes to me very easily. And if I, even if I wasn't a sister, my life would be working with the young. Um, but kind of on a, I guess, a deep, like, because my dad asked me that when I wanted to first enter, he was like, what's, why do you have to be a sister? Like, <laughs> it's true, yeah. you can do, like, you can do this work. You're like, I was already helping in youth ministry. I was a teacher. He was like, you're already doing the work. Why do you have to become a sister? And I don't know, Holy Spirit answered him at that time because I said, because it's about belonging to Jesus. And that's something different. Um, and so maybe it's cliche, but it's true too. Like it's Jesus. I stay for Jesus, um, you know, to be his bride, um, is like when you think about that it's just strange <laughs> like how, why why would the lord of all the universe like you know pick pick these random chicks to be his bride i don't know i don't know why he does but he does and it's um it's beautiful and i think experiencing some of that intimacy and that union with christ it's like you can't go back <laughs> to another way um so I stay for that. And I stay too because community life um, is something that I love. It's been a great blessing to me. But like I said, I'm an introvert. I kind of like to do my own thing. And so sometimes community life is a struggle <laughs> because of that. And um, But I have been like community life is what has made me grow and what is helping me to become holy. And um, I can think of, there's like two very tangible moments in my religious life since I've entered um, where I just was going through a hard time for all kinds of different reasons. And um, I was loved really, really, really well in that moment. And just nothing asked of me, nothing, just someone taking me right where I was and loving me really profoundly there in my brokenness. And um, I think once you experience that, it's like, dang, you know, uh, why would you leave that? Um, and I try to be loving like that to my sisters. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to ask them if I succeed. <laughs> Send us know. emails. Yeah. We'll Is she doing a good job or no? Let's get a response here. We'll survey monkey. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> It's going to be a profound yes. Like oh, so many yeses pouring know. in. But yeah, that's why I stay. So good. All right, last question. Okay. Is what advice would you have given to a young, a young Catherine? <laughs> young Catherine. Before Sister Katie. Um, I think the advice I would give, and I was given it, I just didn't listen to it, but um, it's good advice, is... Just to know that God desires your deepest happiness. And so 
don't be afraid to do what he asks or to open yourself up to say even, what do you want? You know, there was even a couple years that I was afraid. I was afraid to even ask the question because I didn't, I didn't want to go wherever because I just was afraid. And so um, knowing that, you know, the Lord who made you and created you and formed you, like he knows what's going to fill the deepest longings of your heart. And so just be open to that and, and go. Like take that first step. Um, because after that, it gets easier. <laughs> First step is the hardest, I think. And then after that, it's okay. Just keep going. Yeah. Nice. Amen. Beautiful. <laughs> so I good. love it. So good. Keep going. So good. Keep going. So since you were already on the podcast before, you know what's coming now. I know what's coming. So if you could just lead us out in prayer, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you speak another language? So last two weeks ago, we oh, had a no. prayer in, in Hebrew. Yeah. Last week we had a prayer in Polish. Spanish. So give me a little uh, Italiano or Spanish or Ave Maria. No, <laughs> okay. I can't. What about Gaelic? Don't you speak Irish or something? Don't you speak of... Irish? The <laughs> only <laughs> I only know how to say cheers. <laughs> you can say it right at the end. <laughs> and then amen. <laughs> no, English, it's gotta be English. Okay. Sorry, it's, I'm not that time. exciting. It's time. It's time. You are just as exciting. <laughs> okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for um, the gift of this day and for our time to be together. And we pray that you just fill our hearts with your love, with your peace, with your joy, and with the courage to follow you wherever you'll take us, wherever you'll lead us, wherever you ask us to go. Help us to say yes. Help us to be open. Help us to know how deeply loved we are by you. And we ask for Mary's help and guidance always, as together we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. St. Mary Mazzarello. Pray, pray for us. Mary, help of Christians. Pray, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>